saw a pilot wearing one of our coats. I said, oh, that's a great coat. He said, oh, thanks. There's 10 pockets in this coat. It's so awesome. I don't have to carry anything except my suitcase here. And I was like, oh my goodness, it made my week. The Uniformer. Insights and interviews into the people and companies that drive the markets for uniforms, image apparel, and public safety equipment. The Uniformer is a production of the North American Association of Uniform Manufacturers and Distributors, the NAUMD. Hi, this is Rick Levine from the NAUMD, and we are sitting here today with uh, Harvey Arfa and Caroline Massell, or you can also call her Caroline Arfa Massell. Get the connection? Yes, it's a father-daughter team. And we're delighted to have them both here today to talk to us about what's going on in the outerwear business, in the uniform outerwear business. Um, They are the owners of a company, uh, Gruner and Company, GrunerCo.com. And uh, good morning, Caroline and Harvey. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I often start by just asking uh, each of you tell us what are the activities <laughs> as owners of Gruner and Company that you perform throughout the year? What, what happens in your world? Well, we are very much a family business, so there's never been a strict dividing line, and all decisions are very much discussed, both during working hours and well after working hours and through the weekends. Right now I'm handling most of the day-to-day operations. My father plays a critical role with his invaluable experience, his guidance, his advice, and his ideas. I personally grew up on the production end of the business, so that has really shaped me as a product person, and it always guides me in dealing with customers. I am particularly involved with our large uniform programs because those need development and design. And while we do have a talented team of designers, I am passionate about the creative process. There is nothing more satisfying to me than a happy customer. So I'm responsible for the big thoughts. So I I decide whether we should go to war again. No, I just, uh, I I have the time uh, now because Caroline is just, uh, you know, fantastic to see big things from a big picture and think about new ideas. I still get excited and involved with our products. I study uh, coats on the street, coats in magazines, uh, and what our competitors are doing. I also keep a careful eye on what we're doing and what we can do better. And, um, uh, you know, I, so by following this industry and others, um, you can learn so much. You can see. Uh, how much space there is to expand into. Um, you know, it's a huge world. We we do primarily United States and Canada. We have some business in Europe and some business uh, in, uh, in the Middle East, uh, but we, um, we really could push f- further internationally. We can learn from them and we can uh, show them what we do. And um, in terms of products, we can... Uh, expand in terms of the products we make uh, and uh, and the variety of things we can offer. Love it. I love those answers. There's two interesting things that 
um, I want to circle back to. One is Carolyn mentions, and this is uh, classic with family businesses, is, you know, what happens at Thanksgiving dinner when Harvey and Carolyn start to talk about business and everyone else groans and rolls their eyes? Is that, uh, is that, a, is that a family uh, family conflict there? Not a conflict. I have been stopped from discussing business at her family table. It is, uh, she has made it very clear that her family is not the time to discuss the business because she has three children, all of whom think they're only children. So they all get the attention they deserve and we can't distract the business from it. However, after dinner, we can talk about it. And Carolyn, what do you think about, about dad's uh, version there? It's funny. He thinks that that conversation has stopped. And I think we're still talking about the business through dinner. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it's interesting as my kids have gotten older, they too chime in. They too have opinions. How should we expand our social media? What, which coats are fashionable? Which ones do they like? We took a new brand and they're excited about it. Um, you know, we'll have a photo shoot and, and the kids are putting up the photos. So uh, everybody gets I involved. Add, we have one additional family member who is actively involved in our business, actively involved, but not there. What do I mean? Uh, Mar- uh, Caroline's husband, uh, Morris, whose background is that also of a lawyer. Uh, however, he has a company that is a technology company. Uh, and so he uh, is often called upon whether he likes it or not, but is often called upon to participate in our own thinking about the business. He's very much into the social media aspect, very much into new technology. Uh, And uh, so he also pushes us to modernize. uh, And he's he's very, very important to us in terms of of, uh, being with it. So we're, we're very fortunate to have him. That's wonderful. Another interesting item that you had commented on, Harvey, is the the job hazard that we all have that no matter where we go, we're looking at the uniform apparel that we see before us. So uh, in, in a public setting at a restaurant, I'm noticing what they're wearing. You know, when the delivery person shows up, I'm noticing what they're wearing. When I'm traveling, I'm noticing what everyone's wearing. And you commented that, you know, you're noticing coats everywhere. And that must be also make for interesting family dynamics when you're all together somewhere in public and someone notices a coat and then you all go off on a tangent and start talking about the, the style of the coat, huh? When I'm on an airplane and I see the the uh, personnel is the the airplane that we've made products for, I always go up and talk to uh, the uh, staff and uh, just find out what they think. I don't always tell them who I am. I try and get information first before I tell them who I am. But, uh, you know, I want to see how they're using it, what the problems are. Do they enjoy it? How do they get it? What are their limitations? Uh, you know, uh, and, and you can learn a lot just by asking. <clears throat> Nobody ever got uh, dumb by asking. So um, I, I start a lot of conversations, and uh, I don't want to say I pick up a lot of uh, flight attendants, but I do have conversations about their coats. What's also interesting a bit about the family dynamic is Carolyn 
had mentioned earlier to me that, you know, she came into the business right out of college and she, you know, was involved in the business right away then. So this is even before kids. And so you two have worked together, you know, for a while at this business. There's longevity in the company. The company's been around a long time. You two have longevity working together as a team. Um, how do you account for that kind of success? What's the what's the culture of Gruner that allows for this to to thrive the way it has? So we have been here for seventy years. We're very proud of the fact that we have seventy years, or well, more than seventy years. So, well, okay, we started in nineteen forty nine, so it's seventy two years. So um, it was the business was started by Caroline's grandfather, and my late wife. Uh, uh, was in the business for almost 40 years. And when Caroline started working, she was actually still in college. She came in. I, it's my impression that during the summer, she came in and did some things. A little bit. I went to a magic show during spring break. It was quite eye-opening. Right. She went for the 50-cent sandwiches. You have to remember those days they give out sandwiches. I can't, I'm not sure that's what I was looking for, but okay. I, I, just, I have to tell you, sidebar, she once came in with a boyfriend who was... <laughs> a boyfriend who was a very nice person and he spoke and he was Brazilian and he spoke Portuguese. And in the process, we, we picked up some Latin American customers because he was in the booth. So it turned out to be very propitious. So anyway, but she, she has been in uh, since then and her, her initial job the first summer, she grad after she graduated, she went to Barnard College and she graduated and she was she got a job in Wall Street, and they offered her a permanent job, and a, a much bigger salary than we were going to pay. Okay, they want she they recognized a good thing, and we knew we had a good thing, so uh, it forced us to offer her a higher salary, uh, and. Uh, she eventually was persuaded, and she says that she wasn't worth. She would have been. She wasn't so happy there anyway. But she was persuaded to stay with us. And it was all. It was all because I wanted to be with my parents. Amazingly, amazingly, the first year she came, we had this massive expansion of our business because a competitor was closing their factory and they needed our skill uh, in, uh, in making coats to make the coats for them. And that assignment was given to Caroline as her first job to work with, with her mother, uh, uh, of course, to really work on their coats for their product. We would go to shows we, and we would go for presentations to, to the big department stores They'd be presenting, we'd be presenting, but they would be presenting our coats. Uh, and um, sometimes the, only one person ever noticed the DNA was the same. But uh, I, I want to go back to something Rick asked earlier. Um, you asked about the family business and the corporate culture at Gruner. And one of the things that I do want to talk about is the corporate culture of being a family. It's not just me and, and my dad and my husband. 
But really, the team in our office is a family. And uh, it's a very important part of our culture. We really do act as a team. We have a number of employees who have been with us more than 20 years. They are all, of course, very close, but are also close with the newbies who have only been there five or 10 or, or, or two years. Um, and uh, everybody really learns from each other, works together. Um, we have been very fortunate and we're very appreciative that throughout this pandemic, we were able to retain all of our employees. We've even added to our team. Everybody is doing their best to work from home, some in the office, some from home, but everyone's really pulling it together. And you see it during a difficult time and we're happy when we can celebrate good times together, but um, that is an important part of our culture. It's, it's relationships and it is building relationships with employees, with vendors, with customers. That's really our longevity. Um, and Harvey mentioned this story about building a relationship. So uh, one of those, one of the people from that team that we were originally working with us came over and started working from with Gruner, Sam Mendelblatt, um, and he's been with us for over, I think maybe 20 or 25 years. Over 25 years. When you talk about our longevity, that's how we really think about it. It's a team, team concept, all of us together. I believe that the team the ensemble, right? I have a background in the performing arts and in the world of improv and the whole concept of building an ensemble and having trust, you know, that um, you have each other's back, that it, it, it is so important. And uh, I think that it does speak so well, Carolyn, the uh, concept that not only are you making it work as a family yourselves and can literally hold that up as a, a shining light to the team and say, look, you know, you all have families also. If we're making this work this well, you know, you, you must trust that you're part of uh, this, this work family that we've created. And so uh, congrats then on, on creating that culture. And that does sound like a great way to, to uh, manage it. So, and having employees with such longevity speak so highly to uh, the two of you and what you must be like to work for and with. So that's that is great. Let's let's uh, pivot just a hair, unless you have more to say on that topic, which is totally fine as well. But let's pivot. I, I, I would add two other things. It's not just our employees that we have this loyalty and relationship with. It's our our vendors and. Uh, and our customers. So we have vendors we've worked with for decades. Um, it gives uh, stability and trust. We're always looking for new ways to go, to grow and to change and to innovate. And sometimes that means you have to change vendors. Uh, very often the vendors don't survive, but you have to find new vendors. Um, so at one time we were known for rainwear and just as we changed from rainwear not losing rainwear, but expanding well beyond rainwear, we're constantly evolving into new products. But our customers are really of the utmost importance to us because unlike some companies, we service both very large customers who can purchase, you know, uh, uh, you know, like a Macy's who can purchase large quantities of coats to roll out the hundreds of doors or, uh, a major supplier of airlines where you have a, uh, you know, a new program which uh, rolls out tens of thousands of coats uh, on a new uh, uniform uh, uh, project. 
to small customers who can only purchase a dozen coats a year or a special order of one piece uh, for a pilot in a private airplane. So um, without customers, you have no business. And in today's environment of financial challenges, we feel you need every customer. The best source of reference is a customer. And someone who has had a good experience with you will give you a reference. And we really appreciate those references. We had an amazing, you remember the experience we had at the end, the last NAUMD conference before the pandemic was amazing. This blew me away. Go ahead, tell a large, A large customer of ours, uh, who we do a, a, a fair number of uniforms projects with, was sitting in our booth and we were chatting and uh, somebody walked by, it was a competitor of hers, another large uniform company. And uh, and she, she, they said, hello. And she said, you know, do you know Gruner? Come and sit down in the booth. Got to take a look at their product. I mean, they were competitors. They both service the uniform industry. They both sell, they distribute uniforms. And, you know, this competitor sat down and she had a long meeting with us and she were still working with them. And, you know, it was amazing to me that, the reference she gave us, um, first of all, we think that's special to the uniform industry. They're just some special and nice people in the uniform industry. But really nothing speaks better than a reference from a customer. And um, that that's very important to us. That's great. Of course, you know, the rest of us hate our customers. So you guys might be onto something <laughs> I don't there. I think so. <laughs> I appreciate um, what happened at the convention that you're referencing. I've been to so many conventions myself. And um, with a smile on my face, sometimes I say it's like this Brigadoon event where for a few days, everyone comes together and we're all best buddies and helping each other and communicating well. And then the following week, we're all beating each other up for a nickel on that, you know, contract. So, uh, but so at the show itself, it's wonderful that you experienced that, uh, that sensation where, hey, even competitors can... You know, because the uniform industry is um, it's very incestuous. A lot of us are buying and selling from each other. A lot of us are doing business with each other. And, you know, uh, and that's all in the good service of the end user and that airline that, you know, example Harvey's mentioning, you know, so so it's it's all good. So, you know, you've mentioned a few types of products, the raincoats and some some other items. Uh, maybe this is a good point for you actually to tell us, you know, kind of how your brands are currently organized. What how do you how do you go to market? What do you, what is it the the actual product that you that you bring to market? We specialize in outerwear. That's what we've been making for 70 years and it is our focus. We make every type of outerwear uh, from short jackets to long tailored coats to raincoats with zip out liners. Um, we are retail the, the, the side of the business that we use for retail customers is um, we carry three different licensed names. Um, the Hartshafner Marks brand is our largest brand. It's, it's our most upscale brand. Um, Hartshafner Marks is a preeminent suit brand that everybody recognizes. It's a, you know, it's a, it re really is a representation of the elegant gentleman. Um, the, the coats sell in Nordstrom and Dillard's and many fine specialty stores, online retailers. It has a very nice, nice clientele. And um, you know, some of our customers treat that as their traditional tailored coat. 
And others love it for our modern pieces. We do a lot of short outerwear, even in this brand. Um, we have a whole ready tech collection, which is a collection of technical pieces where you're ready for anything. Um, pieces with waterproof, breathable lamination, stretch fabrics, down interiors, things that you know make you look good and feel good, look good and feel good. So they're a little but elegant and at the same time have all the technical features of, you know, a big bulky ski jacket without the bulk. Um, so that brand we've been carrying for a long time. We've, we've been working with Hart Schaffner Marks for many, many years, even before we licensed, uh, we were producing product for them. Um, and uh, we actually use that for some in-stock programs for a number of uniform customers. Um, people who want to just buy individual pieces and don't want to have a custom made product. Um, we also carry the Ike Behar line of outerwear. And this is a little bit more contemporary. It's priced a notch lower because we run a lot of the brands is run in the Ike label. Um, the pieces here that are most successful are the core product. Ike Behar is known for very luxurious shirts um, and formal wear and we make coordinating outerwear for that. Again, there we do traditional tailored pieces as well as shorter and sportier. And uh, our newest brand, which we're just launching for fall 21 is Ed Hardy. This line is named for the renowned tattoo artist. He has still a huge following and uh, the brand was relaunched in 2018 with great success. And we just signed in the middle of the pandemic, we signed this new brand and it has been brought a lot of enthusiasm. Um, we brought home the, I brought home the first samples and both of my teenagers grabbed them and wanted to keep them. Wow. So I knew I was in good shape. Um, and this is a line of all outerwear pieces, short jackets, varsities, bombers, puffers, denims, all with elaborate embroidery and screen printing of Ed Hardy's artwork. Um, it's gotten great reviews. And frankly, as a company, it's brought us forward in, and will, I have no doubt, help us in terms of our production for uniforms because we've gotten into different types of screen printing and different types of logoing and uh, you know all kinds of graphics. So I have no doubt that that will help us going forward with some of our uniform accounts as well. We also do a, a good deal of private label uh, business. You know, we have uh, and have have had or had uh, programs with the Bloomingdale's and Sachs. Uh, we've actually done some things for Brooks Brothers in the past. Uh, we uh, do some work for uh, Joseph A. Bank, Men's Warehouse, Moore's, J.C. Penney uh, over the years. So um, it's not, uh, uh, you know, we do a variety of things. We're proud to stand behind everything we do. Uh, we don't make very cheap things, we, but we do offer good value. And we also make things for other manufacturers and, and uh, in a sense, for competitors uh, because we have a specialty in this, this field. So, um, you know, it's uh, whatever. you gotta keep, you got to keep offering your product to whoever was, wants to buy it as long as it's within the framework of what you do. There's such a variety in there, though, right? You've got these fashion, you know, you're going from these conservative, some conservative uniform programs where, you know, they have to be very conscious about, I don't know, cultural appropriation or about, you know, um, fit, uh, modesty. Um, you know, when you employ 100,000 people, you have all kinds of considerations for, 
you know, how how they can dress, what part of the world they're wearing it in. Um, and then you juxtapose that with this wonderful story that I didn't know about until Carolyn just said it of this tattoo artist that's, you know, and those are going to be very funky. My guess is you're going to have uniform accounts that are going to go, hey, we want that too. I mean, how do you balance uh, the fashion side of it with the uniform side of it? That sounds um, challenging. To tell you the truth, I, I don't I don't think we find it a challenge. I think that the needs of both parts of our business are very similar. Everyone who wears a uniform is also a retail customer. Everybody, apparel's about how a garment makes you feel. So whether you're wearing it to work or you're wearing it to the park or you're wearing it to dinner, if you can go out to dinner, you know, you just want to feel good. And I think, you know, you talked about, you know, the, all those needs, they're all the same. Um, so an outerwear piece makes you feel sharp and distinguished. And our uniform customers are seeing that fashion makes a person feel good. Fashion makes an employee stand up taller and do a better job because they feel good about how they look. Um, I, I will say that whether a person is looking for a, a bomber with tattoos all over it, or if a person's looking for a tailored overcoat, everybody, every person who wears a coat wants to be comfortable. Um, and everyone wants something that's functional for them. So for example, one of the biggest hits that we had this year in our Hart Schaffner Marks line was a heavy um, 800 gram wool coat. It was made with a knitted construction and the coat looks like an updated modern overcoat, um, but because of the stretch in the knit, it's very, very comfortable. And it was a sellout success for everybody this year. And I have no doubt that by next year, this this fabric will be big in the in the for the uniform customers as well. Um, we also, of course, do a lot of technical fabrics, breathable fabrics. A guy wants to, or a man or a woman wants to be comfortable when they're in the rain and then when they're running through the airport to catch their flight. Um, and of course, pockets. Everybody wants pockets. Mm. Um, that's you know just function. Everyone needs to store their stuff. You know, actually, there was one uh, one project we were asked to eliminate the pockets. It was a coffee uh, kiosk, and they didn't want anybody to put anything in their pockets. So we we had to design a coat without pockets. So everyone's something. Everybody wants something different. Yeah, and with the whole tactical trend, uh, that you know that made for even you know two or three times the <laughs> the number of pockets being requested. Certainly on the public safety you know side of the game, but public safety isn't necessarily an area that you. Um, have ever gotten in, right? You'd be more on the um, transportation, hospitality. Um, have you been called upon for medical outerwear at all? or No, no but we have been called upon for uh, public safety. Oh, you mentioned the bomb, like you're doing some bombers. Bombers and, uh, you know, tactical uh, sort of, uh, police uh, uniforms. Today, fashion, the fashion and uniform business, in a sense, is merging uh, more and more. We have a lot of uh, assortment of outerwear pieces from our hard shaft from Marks line, which we supply the pieces that look sharp with uniforms, um, perfect for flight attendants and pilots and hospitality and doormen and others. And uh, it allows uniform distributors to buy what they want when they need it. Uh, some people are seeking to stay away from custom made programs. And some people uh, are looking to have things that they can easily supply particularly for smaller uniform programs. Um, that being said, we sometimes get called upon for uh, bids 
for bids for the you know RFPs uh, where uh, uniform companies are bidding against each other, and we will be involved in two levels, two sides of the bidding war. We've we've been there, and we have certain standards and rules uh, about handling it. We disclose that we are uh, supplying more than one. We do not share with them any information that they share with us. We don't tell them what we're doing. Uh, but when we're doing a similar item, we don't charge a different price either. So we're, we're pretty careful about what we do. And uh, I only hope we win more of them. Yes, uh, I hope you win all of them. Uh, but that's interesting. That goes back to my comment about it being a somewhat incestuous uh, business, that we all know who does which large programs. It's not, you know, it's not a, a trade secret in that sense. And then when an RFP comes up, the likelihood is high that, you know, many companies are going to hear about it. And when you've got the right outerwear, they, everyone wants to spec Gruner into the program. So I can understand how that's probably happened more than once uh, for for you. I had so. somebody come along and, and they looked at it, you know, they, they looked at the code. They said, well, we put this code in one of our programs. How come you didn't call us? I said, how come you didn't call me is the question. I didn't know you were using it. <laughs> so. so on the... On, on the website, I noticed this term, and I don't know if this applies to what you guys are talking about right now, but it, it sounds like it, but it's probably not the definition. What is coatsmanship? That's exactly what coatsmanship is, is being able to work with different companies, being able to produce for different partners, but not sharing information from one to the next. We do take seriously our, as we, we talked earlier about our relationships, we talked, you know, we... We, we have integrity and we try to produce the best garment. We try to take our experience to produce the best product for our customers. Um, but we are able to work with more than one customer at a time and not share any information, not give anyone, you know, we just want to provide the best product. And that is our, our version of sportsmanship. It's exactly as you described it. You got it exactly. Is that your definition of coachmanship, Harvey? So, uh, you know... <laughs> My definition is to put the best you can into the product. So, um, you know, in the in the uh, outerwear business for uniforms, you have workwear, and uh, that includes security bombers, uh, underwing garments, uh, delivery men, uh, freezer jackets, which we don't make, but we would if somebody needed, and somebody asked us to. Uh, real waterproof uh, outerwear, sort of fishing gear and stuff. Uh, or dress wear can include overcoats and raincoats, which, you know, we've mentioned before. We make a lot of. Um, so coatsmanship knows the technical requirements of what everybody needs and also how to modify it uh, in a way that uh, can take a basic, well-working, well-accepted uh, model and and apply it to um, to make it unique, uh, color coordinated, trim coordinated, uh, linings different. We have had circumstance where uh, a designer would come to us and include a coat that was uh, we felt inappropriate for the utility that an outerwear 
uniform would require. And so we used our expertise to sort of guide them along in the right direction. They don't always take our advice. Designers fall in love with their design. And we, of course, will do what a designer wants, but we will share what we, uh, what we know and uh, share it willingly. We have been blessed to work with a lot of good uniform designers who really do take the advice of a specialist. And they will say, okay, this was my design, but Gruner said no go, so change it. And, you know, that's very impressive when a person can kind of let go of their idea and, you know, change the pocket shape because they realize that that pocket is really just a rain catcher and it is not going to be good. Right. I mean, this isn't one of your products, but the example for listeners would be the um, the designer that comes in with the flight attendant uh, who's supposed to wear a three foot long scarf. Right. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's, it's not going to work. So, you know, you guys have had just such great answers to all these questions and they're so um, they're so organized. Um, I got to ask what's going to go wrong? Right. It sounds it sounds too good to be true. You guys have it all figured out. What's going to happen? Where's the challenge? What's going on in de the design world? What's going on in global sourcing? What's going on that's that's got you two up at night and worried? Gosh, there might be a pandemic. I don't know. I can't think it might go wrong. I think our challenge now uh, that hopefully we will come out of the pandemic um, is um, is speed. We are, you know, the world is quicker now than ever before. We have been, people have been at home, they do not wait for anything and they don't, why should they wait for anything, right? Everything can be delivered the same day. Um, and we are, we have been growing our direct to consumer business on the retail fashion side um, and doing that with large major retailers. Um, but I think the technology will change in the uniform business or will have to change, right? If you find out one night that tomorrow you're going on a flight, you live in Miami and you're flying to Alaska, you need your coat by tomorrow morning and there's no reason you shouldn't be able to get it with a click. Uh, there's new, you know, all of the, the body measuring technology that's out there now. We have not had a call for it yet, but eventually I think that will avoid any employees having to return product. I think that will help things be quicker, um, you know, and I think, I think whatever we need, we need to develop speed and ease for the customer. And I think the technology is there for it to happen. Harvey, what do you think? Have, have, have the challenges changed over the years? Have, have I mean, uh, uh, Carolyn's talking a lot about technology, you know, in the, um, you know, in the six years that you've been, you know, a businessman, you've probably seen a lot of technology changes. I'm teasing about the, the age thing. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of technology changes and production changes and fulfillment changes, as, you know, Carolyn's mentioning. How, you know, what's uh, what's keeping you up at night worrying about how all those changes that might be coming? Well, you know the old story about the black swan and looking around the corner for what's coming next? You don't know what's coming next. The, the reality is that at some point there is going to be uh, technology that measures things that we don't know about, uh, that can control, you know, you know, where, imagine putting on a coat and going in, uh, and it could tell you whether there's COVID in the air, whether there's some bug, um, uh, and that it immediately communicates it, uh, to the appropriate people. And of course, then you'll have the whole 
legal issue of whether you improperly communicated it. It's you know it's it's a you know a mixed blessing. You know I I, I made a, a, a joke about freezer coats, but you know imagine a fabric that can automatically create itself to be useful in Florida, so that you can walk outside and be on the loading dock, and uh, and then automatically walk into the freezer room and be protected and not have to take your coat on and off at each time. Does this exist now? You know, it might. I don't know. I haven't found it. Do I have to look for it? I don't know. If the customer says look for it, I, you know, you need a customer, right? But uh, you also need to lead the customer. So these challenges are there. The, the whole computer, what computers can do today, the communication, the instant inventory, uh, the, uh, the, uh, immediate draw, you know, you, to, the ability to tell 10 trading partners at one time that you just sold a piece of your inventory. So instead of being eight, nine items, there's now eight items that the inventory level gets updated every two minutes. Who would have thought that, that anybody would care? But today that's an implementable strategy. Um, you know, there are certain problems in all of it. Um, and uh, uh, the people have to make an investment in it. And it's, it's very challenging. I spend a lot of time looking at, at that type of issue, uh, maybe more time than I uh, should or would like, but I think that's what you have to do if you're going to maintain. But fortunately, I have a partner, and I will mention, but I haven't mentioned it now, this is a woman-owned business that we haven't, we haven't licensed ourselves as yet. It's something we, you know, it's on my to-do list, but it is a woman-owned business. And uh, there's sometimes that it's important for a uniform program, but um, it's all good. Everything's good. Change is good. Well, that's probably a great summary of how to handle the challenges, which is, you know, change is good. And while you can worry about it, um, we, there you know, you, you need to embrace it. You need to follow the fear, all of those cliches, right? So, uh, Carolyn, would you tell your own teenagers when they graduate college <laughs> uh, that this is a good business to go into, the uniform business and or into Gruner? Uh, but uh, what do you think? Is this an industry that you would send young people into? Well, I love the fashion industry. Um, there's nothing more exciting to me than uh, you know seeing somebody wearing my product. Um, Harvey mentioned that he speaks to some you know to people when he flies to find out about the product. I once saw a pilot wearing one of our coats, and I I said, "Oh, that's a great coat." We were standing online, and and he said, "Oh, thanks. You've got. I mean, there's ten pockets in this coat. It's so awesome, and I I don't have to carry anything except my suitcase here." And I, I was like, "Oh my goodness! It made my week. It made my year." I was just so happy that you know the idea of taking a product from a germ of a concept to an actual design that satisfies someone to me is a very very rewarding. I think it's a great industry. Uh, you know, either whether you know, it's, it's known that it's a difficult business. I mean, it's not it's not a, a simple business. But whether you love the high fashion part or the design part, uh, or the business and logistics part or the problem solving part, there's a lot to offer in this industry. It's creative, responsive, 
there's a lot of players in it. You could be small and you could be big. And the results are short-term enough that you can see what you're working on and what is being born. So it's only a year cycle or a half a year cycle, but you can actually see it. You know, I had, uh, I was involved in the real estate business. It takes years between concept and fruition. Now there's a plus to the real estate business. And that is when you build the cow, it keeps giving you milk, but this one, you have to redevelop every year. That's the fun of it. That's the so fun if of you it. Like to I love that part of it. And, and I, you know, working with some of the younger people in my, uh, in our company, I get, you know, I'm amazed what they come up with, what they think about and, and, uh, you know, staying in touch with my customers, you know, it's all great. You know, so it's not the only job in the world and whatever my grandchildren want to do is good. Right now, we've got a journalist, a doctor, they're all over the place. And a hockey, ice hockey player. And an ice hockey player, yeah. As long as we keep making product that they find exciting, I'm hopeful that they'll be in. That's awesome. Wonderful, wonderful talking with both of you today, Harvey Arfa and Carolyn Massel from Gruner and Company, GrunerCo.com. And it was just such a pleasure. You're both uh, very uh, lively people. It sounds like you're running a fantastic company. You love your product. Apparently, you love your customers. And I love my daughter, so let's just leave it like that. Rick, it's great, great to speak with you, Rick. Thank you for... And Nick, we love you too. <laughs> Thank you. And, right. and and we love the NAUMD because they're a very fine organization and they, they offer a tremendous uh, opportunity to, to learn about your business. It's just a pleasure to work with.